Hello, everybody. This is G, and you're listening to the SITREP Modern Wargaming Podcast. And with us today at the sand table is the command team. I have Jim. Hello, everybody. And Ralph. Hey, folks. And old Chris is down at Sick Call. Uh, he's got the crud, whatever's going around in the world these days. So uh, we're all glad to be back with you for this next episode. We've got some things to talk about, a little weighty subject, and then some exciting news as well, and then catch up on all hobbying related to modern wargaming. Um, Ralph, would you like to start off today? Well, with what I've been doing, very yep. little. <laughs> <laughs> I Well... I'm busy planning out like an op four to go against a Spectre Force, my special operations force I've got. So I picked up a Empress M133, M1133, uh, sorry, M113. The, the bloody APC yes. brain doesn't want to work. <laughs> um, I bought a Spectre turret, one of the armored turrets that goes on top of the Humvee. Okay. Because there's pictures of them, the captured ones from like in Mosul and Syria of them having that type of turret on top. So I'm going to do a little bit of a patcher job to put the turret on top with that armored protection around it for the, for the commander. And it looks all right. So that's going to be for my op four. And then I got the two conversion kit. I decided cause planning out trying to get me benches on my little birds wasn't going as, as I planned. So I, bought both conversion kits for the little birds <clears throat> so i've got the paratroop by one which is the benches and i've got the attack version which is the one with the rocket pods and the two miniguns which was seen in black hawk down yeah nice so nice that's what i've been doing really any uh progress on the ghost ops uh, uh there is a survey up that if anybody's interested we'll put another link in the show notes and we'll put another link up on sitrep we've had some people so I'm going to leave it open for another week and then I'm going to close it and then get in touch with the people that are interested. Some people may not because I've looked at some of the, uh, the, the consensus for the days and a couple of people can't do the main day that everybody can join. Oh, okay. So we'll probably pick that one. So there may be a couple of people who unfortunately won't be um, able to join at that time, but we can always sort something out. Sure. Okay. So if anybody's still interested, um, you know, reach out to us and, you know, we can always do alternates or, you know, we'll, we'll come up with something. We'd like to get those people included mm-hmm. in that as well. So, Jim, how about you? Anything new as far as hobbying or gaming? Um, not a whole heck of a lot, honestly. Um, one thing I have been working on lately is to update uh, the Valorant Victory system to 1982 Lebanon. So we have, um, I have my IDF counters all drawn up um and uh the math worked out based on not only the valorant victory system but the updates we've done for valorant victory vietnam so again the idf is now done i've started with the plo as far as uh, an opposition force uh for them we have uh guerrilla squads guerrilla half squads and the uh, weapons that were being used by those forces uh so we have um galils obviously for our assault rifles uh, along with some leftover FN files from you know, previous wars, uh, FN mags for general purpose machine guns. The Negev light machine gun was just coming out. Uh, that's all for the IDF, M72 laws, capture RPG uh, sevens in almost, in almost every other 
photograph from the 1982 Peace for Galilee invasion, when you see Israeli infantry, they've got a couple RPGs on their backs. I don't know if these are left over from the 73 war or if they just captured a whole bunch of them at the outset of 82. But um, there seems to be a lot of them in, uh, in service, according to the photographic record. So we're definitely including those. And again, same thing with the... Uh, same thing with the, opposite, with the opposition force, um, AKMs, RPDs, and so on. Uh, I'm sticking with the PLO just for now to see you know, how far we get with that project. There are a lot of other factions that you can bring into that. There's the Syrian army. I'm staying away from the Syrian army for now because we're handling Syrian regular army very, very heavily in another game system, okay. the Arab Israeli Wars. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of you know, trying to go in, in, in a new direction um, with a new system. And uh, yeah, we'll see how we'll see how far it goes. We'll see how much people are interested in it in our in our weekend games. We might go as far as um, other uh, irregular forces that were uh, in play in that war, including uh, Christian Falange uh, groups, uh, Arab Liberation Army, Lebanese or South uh, South Lebanon Army. Who knows? Maybe even uh, French and Marine peacekeepers if it goes into 1983 and beyond. Um, but that's what I've been working on uh, this week. And uh, yeah, we're, we'll we'll see where that takes us. Well, that's quite a bit. Um, do you think you'll ever progress up to something like Grenada or Panama or anything like that with the system? It wouldn't be hard to do at all. Uh, it really is just all about uh, you know um, player interest. Uh, the nice thing about hex encounter wargaming, especially when you're doing it in a virtual environment, is that you can build an entire army in a single sitting. Yeah, uh, I built IDF literally Thursday night. Um, it was a long night, but it was one night. Um, PLO is mostly completed now. Uh, that was another night. I just didn't quite finish. Um, I'm working on some of the leaders, some of the casualties, POWs. I got to do civilians still. All these things are more of a factor in, in modern wargaming. Sure. Um, but to do a Grenada would not be would not be tough at all. U.S. Army, U.S. Marines, uh, SEALs, and so on. Uh, against uh, Cuban regulars, it, w- it wouldn't be tough at all. Awesome. Could could you then progress? So if you do Grenada and stuff like that, moving up into say Somalia and what happened there and so on and so forth, that wasn't that that wasn't really more a large force, was it? Well, was it? Well, yeah, two things. A Valor and Victory is for smaller battles. Mm-hmm. Each piece in Valor and Victory is either a squad or a fire team, yeah. as opposed to Arab Israeli Wars or the other, you know, Penge Leader type games I usually play, which start off at platoon and go up to company or battery. Yep. So uh, the, the wars can be a lot smaller, number one, mm-hmm. which is helpful for modern wargaming. Modern conflicts tend to be much smaller. And number two, the other thing that really helps is the, the big gateway was Vietnam. Once mm-hmm. we got Vietnam beat, because you basically have M16s or you know, associated mm-hmm. weapons, 223 Remington and 556 NATO, same basic caliber. Yeah. You've got 556 NATO versus AKM and the 762 millimeter com block. That doesn't change from 1965 to pretty much the present day. Mm-hmm. Um, in Iraq, you do see some experimentation with uh, like 680 SPC or the uh, 6.8 millimeter Grendel round. I don't think that got very far, but really you're, you're looking at those two weapons. Mm-hmm. Um like most good modern wargaming, it's not about the millimeters of the guns or the exact rate of fire or the grain weight of the of the bullet or, you know, mm-hmm. super technical details. It's about troop quality. You know, that's easy to change. You just change the numbers on the counter and you're ready to go. So 
I think the big hurdle was Vietnam, which we handled actually a couple of years ago. And as far as adopting this to go forward, it, it would be just a matter of graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, opening up Photoshop and creating a bunch of new uh, a bunch of new counters and drawing new maps. Uh, in other words, a little bit of work, but but nothing prohibitive uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds very exciting, and I, I can't wait for to see where you go with it and the possibilities that you could have with it. Uh, helicopters is only gonna be the, the is the only real tough part. What helicopters? We oh. did do it. We did do it in Vietnam. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just, we had like, like two play testings. Um, we are on the right track um, because obviously Valorant Victory is originally written for World War II. Sadly, no helicopters in World War II, no matter what you see in where Eagles Dare. Uh, <laughs> moving swiftly forward. No helicopters in World War II. So obviously there's no rules for it. We've had to make that up from scratch. Um, we're close. We're close. We've done it a couple times. We made a couple mistakes with the rule system. We're basically considering them flying trucks. Okay. Um, so we're taking the rules for unarmored vehicles. I'm talking about. Um, I'm not talking about attack helicopters. I'm talking yeah, about yeah, uh, like transport Huey. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so definitely Hueys. Um, unarmored vehicles. We're just obviously changing the way they move, and we're changing the way they interrelate with terrain. And making up some rules for altitude and, and landing and taking off and things like that. Um, so it's done. We just honestly just haven't play tested it enough. One of these days, we're just going to sit down and play test it some more. We may find a couple more bugs in the math, but not nothing's serious. And uh, the counters are made up for both Australian and uh, American uh, helicopters in Vietnam. In fact, we have an Australian-themed Vietnam game scheduled for tomorrow with somebody, ironically, in Australia, nice. uh, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't think we'll have any helicopters in that one though, because it's his first swing with the game. Sure, but um, yeah, the the pieces are made up. It's just a, it's just now a, a matter of playtesting. Perfect. Are you going to be streaming uh, that one? Uh, I should be able to. Okay. Um, I did a stream. Uh, I actually I take that back. That is one thing I have been doing for a hobby. Uh, I did do, do a stream uh, earlier this week. Uh, actually, I think it was last week. Sorry. The hobby stream. Um, yeah, yeah, you did a good um, job. That was good. I, I was, I had to do it twice. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> um, it came out okay. The only thing I really, really wish I had, I wish I had a better webcam. Um, my webcam is only 720p, and so it's not, the, it's not the greatest for hobby. Um, the well, good thing about let me interrupt you real quick, Jim, just okay. because I, I don't forget your thought. So, this is why we have Patreon. Uh, our supporters and our producers they help us enhance our production values and this is one of the perfect examples of how those funds for those supporters help us produce better content so jim we'll talk offline and we'll see if we can upgrade you there okay cool so i'm sorry Um, go ahead uh I should also mention that I need a new uh, laptop. I need a new 60-inch plasma screen TV. Uh, There's this weird knocking sound coming from inside my car. And uh, Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I got off topic there. Uh, (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, um, uh, for streaming, uh, again, I wish I I had a better webcam for, like, you know, physical – taking a look at miniatures on the tabletop, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But for, um, for, for these, uh, these virtual games, um, you're literally just streaming what's on your, what's on your monitor, uh, directly. So the resolution there will be a lot better, um, for that kind of a stream. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I, uh, was able to P 
peek in on it when I was over in Ireland uh, when he streamed. It was really good. Um, yep, Ralph, that's the exact same one I have um, here that I use. Um, so anything else, Jim? Uh, no, that's pretty much it for me for a hobby. Okay. Well, actually, I have quite a bit, uh, believe it or not. I actually uh, took time off of my real life. And we flew over to Ireland to the home studio of Beast of War OTT and did quite a bit. I spent one day, that was uh, Friday, last Friday, uh, all day assembling T-72s. Oh, nice. Oh, John didn't have you assemble yes, his... Yes, John had me assemble the T-72s for his Oil Wars uh, program that they're putting together. I did the... Um, if you notice, there'll be some T-72s without the barrel gas tanks on the back. Um, mm -hmm. Those are it. Um, he made a creative decision not to put them on there. I said they look goofy, but he, he's probably going to put them on in, in the end. But I, I built like 20 tanks so in, in a day because um, he was live streaming. You know, we all started together. It was uh, John, Jerry, and myself. You know, we're all sitting at the workbench putting tanks together because he has a ton to put together. Who knew Russian armor was so cheap? Um, points wise, it isn't Team Yankee. Yeah, it is. Team, this, I'm sorry. This, let me preface. If you don't know what I'm talking about, so uh, John, who's one of the painters over at Beast of War, is putting together a game for the new supplement for Team Yankee from Battlefront called Oil Wars, and he's chosen to do an Iraqi slash NATO force against a russian force um you know it's a makeup it's a make-believe what if you know how and people are like well how are you gonna get a russian you know to come through because you got iraq or i'm sorry iran and syria in the way there's no straight shot so well what if they drove a corridor between the two countries right into iraq so who knows you know it's make-believe you can do whatever you want so yeah he goes hey and i'm like i can help you build some tanks 20 tanks later um, you know, we had all these T-72s sitting around and I will say it burned my fingers to touch Soviet armor. It's oh, terrible. no, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, we did that. And then, um, when I got home, uh, I had a package waiting for me and it was the first of the two new airbrushes I bought from Badger Airbrush during their birthday sale where you could buy any airbrush they have for $55. Nice call, by the way. So, I have a badger, and it's never let me down yet. Nice. So it's I the first one I got. I pulled it out of the box. Well, one I didn't know they were going to send each one separately. So I opened the box. I was having kind of a rough day at work. I come home. I open the box, and there's one airbrush in there. And I'm like, what the heck? So I messaged the guys over at Badger, and they said, oh no, we're sending them out separately because they hand build them all. Um, so they're sending them out as they assemble them. So the one I got, I'm looking at it and going, there's no paint cup on it because it's a gravity. It's not a siphon. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the heck? And then I look at the barrel, and it's got a little built-in paint well actual into the barrel. I, I ordered the wrong one. There's three different models. I ordered the what's called the 100 SG, which is just it's for finite detailing. We're using very little paint, which is fine because I can use it for, you know, uh, lines and stuff. It's fine. The other one I'm waiting on will be my primary workhorse. And I still have my uh, Iwata as well, but that one needs a total rebuild. So I got those. So I, I base coated the uh, Spectre Razor that I assembled on the live stream a couple weeks back, the week prior to Jim's. Um, and I was 
I apologize to everybody. We did not stream this past Thursday. Um, I was having computer issues, and unfortunately, we have a um, my mother-in-law who's very, very ill. Um, so unfortunately, we're dealing with that as well. So we did not stream. But we are going to get to regular programming, I promise you. Um, also, I know some people reached out to me to ask me what happened to Op Center this week. Um, Jim and I haven't talked. Basically, there's a lot of work that goes to Op Center at this point, and we want to make sure that we're not burning out Jim. So Jim and I will talk about it, and we'll inform everybody once we have a better outlook on that as well. Um, other than that, what else did I do? Oh, working on the Arma server. It's taking a lot longer than I was supposed to. Um, I was supposed to go live yesterday. Yeah, yesterday's the first. Haven't you had to do that like like several times now? Yes, I've had to do it. But oh, you no. know what? The one thing that's holding me up is getting the freaking end of the mission uh, objective trigger. So basically, when you build these, you have to set up like trigger. So it, when you cross into an area, it activates mm -hmm. another item. So in this case, after you go through the mission and complete the objective, you have to go to an exfil point. Once you get to the exhale point, you set up your security and wait for a helicopter to come pick you up and extract you to your home base. Once you hit the home base and the helicopter lands, the scenario ends. For some reason, I cannot get the trigger. I can get the helicopter to come, but it won't land. So you're all looking at this helicopter as the bad guys are coming after you. You know, so now it's, you know, and I don't know if you all have heard of the Mogadishu Mile. Now, oh, yeah. You know, so now it's the five kilometer run to get back to your base, right? So that's no that's no good. So that's the only thing holding up, and I gotta make sure that the mods we're using because it's not the vanilla Arma 3. We did add some mods to give it more of a realistic feel, like actual um, uh, US equipment and uniforms, and you know, it's not the ultra modern equipment that's in Arma 3 base game. We wanted to make it closer to our time period now. Um, and then so we got to make sure it's all running smooth so people can hop in and out. The server will go live. It'll be up 24 hours a day. So no matter where you are in the world, you and your friends can hop into a game. You just have to get a passcode from us. Uh, that way we don't have people coming in and trying to mess with it and, you know, just not make it fun for people. And then the idea is once we get this scenario running smoothly, we'll build further scenarios and then they'll change over, you know, every few weeks. So it's, it's something new and refreshing. Um, and then at some point we will actually have teams where we'll, you know, do real life missions, if you will. So it's taking a little bit longer, but we all get through it. Um, mm -hmm. I probably are going to stream on Tuesday night. Uh, just I'm going to oh, stream cool. the setup. So I'm going to take people how to set up, um, you know, how we're looking, how we're designing so they can get an idea. So that way they can at least see progress. So that's pretty much what I've been up to the, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it sounds like uh, it almost sounds like Rambo too. <laughs> uh, where the, the helicopter gets there to exfil him, and then it's like, oh, sorry, we're just gonna fly away now. Yeah, it's like I'm right down here. Come get me. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, aside, well, not aside, but linking it to some previously as well as I've come, I've made a slight tweak to what I'm going to be doing with ghost stops. Oh, okay. Um, I after. The conversations you had with um, on Beast of War on the XLBS to yeah. do with you know modern military, which was it was an interesting you know was it forty minutes or fifty minutes? 
Oh, it I was quite had, a while. It, it, it that was, segment uh, was not supposed to be that long. It, it, no. almost, it basically became the main topic of the uh, yeah. XLBS, which was awesome. You know, and then so. there was some comments on the boards afterwards about uh, PMCs and Blackwater and Najaf and all of what happened with Blackwater and re- doing some additional readings. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make the players part of a PMC. That makes sense. Um, the game gives, year that as gives well. a lot more freedom for the players yeah. to pick what they want. Exactly. Um, the year is going to be 2024. Okay. As well. yeah. So it's going to be slightly into the future so we can play with technologies that we know out there. Yeah. Um, and the the company is called Overwatch, so it links in with the, the credits I did as well. Perfect. Um, so the players will be part of a PMC called Overwatch or Overwatch um, Specialist Security Consultants is what it's is what it is. So um, I've got a little logo done, which I posted up at, on a couple of on yeah, our page and a couple of other things. Um, and I've got the Latin a Latin quote, which basically translates to say "We are the Watchers." So on the badge, when I decide when I do the badge for like you know like the, the symbol for the unit, um, there will be some Latin running around, which will be basically the translation of translation of that. So perfect. Was playing around with that sort of thing. Perfect, and you know that reminds me. I don't know if you saw the comment back to you, Jim. I thank you for having my back. I could not for the life of me while we were recording <laughs> remember Blackwater. Blackwater. I, I kept saying I was, Black Diamond, yeah. which is a climbing company that you know we use their climbing gear, but I could well, not remember it. Somebody said Black Forest. I'm like Black oh. Forest was the PMC company in the A Team movie. Oh. Yes, so, which was like. Obviously, a jab at Blackwater, and I was, uh, yeah, you know what? I've sat in that chair, you know, I've, and again, everyone remembers those damn um, blue berets on those Polish paratroopers. <laughs> it, you know, the, everything's done in one take, everybody. Yeah. They don't go back, they don't let you redo things. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I couldn't think of that, or I can't believe yeah. I, did, you know, I said that. And it's, it and it's no longer called Blackwater either. No, anymore. No, they, oh, yeah, they changed uh, that a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Long time ago. They're now Academy. Yeah. Um, and now they're called Consulist Holdings. So and they're, they've, they've and they're headquartered out of China now, I believe, after uh, the big uh, lawsuits. So no, according to this, is still Virginia. Is it okay? Yeah. I I know they were looking to move to China because obviously there'd be less issues oversight. and restrictions. Yeah, yeah. oversight. So <laughs> oversight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so any uh update on uh the division two ralph um open beta started yesterday so i've been playing around with some of the open beta i don't want to stream a beta because it's a beta okay. you can you know you want to be if you're going to stream something and the game falls over yeah yeah sort of breaks it so but the game comes out in two weeks anyway um comes out on the 15th but it's a lot more it's a lot more stable and they've increased the level cap from the private beta to the open beta to level eight so you get an additional level you get an additional um main story mission and you get some additional uh side missions as well but it's it looks gorgeous (laughs) <laughs> it really awesome. does. It looks absolutely astounding. Um, 
the difference between the two games is like night and day where in the original division it was New York it was winter and there wasn't a lot of things going on mm-hmm. you know around around in the world the world seemed very desolate until you went and did like story missions and things like that there wasn't a lot you know there wasn't a lot roaming there wasn't many there probably was but it was trying to find them within the division you'll be running along and you'll get shot all of a sudden by one of the gangs because their gang's running in wash it's in washington dc this one in the summer you'll suddenly get shot and you'll be ambushed by one of the gangs or you'll come across a roving patrol um you'll have a side mi- it's not a side mission it's just something you'll hear a tannoy going off of like propaganda yeah and that then highlight a mission to go and stop it from calling that propaganda out you'll see some say some civilians surrounded by one of the gangs that you can go and rescue so there's things going on there's animals running around dogs and i ran along one of the uh, streets in washington um heading towards the theater which is where one of the starting bases is and there was rats Hmm. running towards you from the thing so there's a it's a more living world than probably the original division which they said you know i think you know there's there's a lot of uh press now about it they've sort of yanked up the the media machine for it and stuff like that but yeah it it just looks it really does look really nice on 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 the pc so awesome Awesome. why am i reminded of the wandering monster table in old school D? &D? you have you have you have a mission you're going to the mission but oh wait out of nowhere comes a a band of uh rats or cobalts or who knows what but um now i gotta drag out my books gotta play some classic D. Sorry. No, I love that. I yeah, think awesome. <laughs> D&D's great, but 5e is wonderful. Oh, no. Got to play second edition. That's oh, where it's at. That's that go out, eh? <laughs> yep. So, a uh, couple other things real quick before we move on to uh, our topics for today. Uh, one, I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Jerry over in Ireland. This is not modern, but I have to talk about this because it was a dream oh, the, come true. The, it, the Rourke's Drift. Oh, the Rourke's Drift. We played Rourke's Drift in 28 mil. Um, we got to see the sneak peek of the new Rourke's Drift set coming out from Foreground. Uh, he had the pro- yes. prototypes there that we used. Um, and I got some more exciting news on that, too. But uh, we got to play. I played the British. I was Bromhead. Or not Bromhead. I was Shard and Color Sergeant Bourne. And I died. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Every character, every hero died. Um, okay. Bromhead stood everybody off in the redoubt till the very last turn on the final assault by the Zulus. Um, they Basically what happened is if you got any hits, you had to roll two six-sided dice. If you got double ones, that meant the main character of that squad dies. Yep. So Commodore Rob, last thing, rolls, boom, snake eyes. Down goes Bromhead. So uh, I think pretty much that took care of everybody, but we, the British still held out. Uh, the game took almost seven hours to play, um, so it was a lot of fun. It um, it was really well done. It was literally, I had been listening to the audiobook on Rourke's Drift. The couple weeks listening up to it on my way to and from work, um, I watched Zulu Dawn. I watched Zulu. Um, so very, ex- it was a really great time. It was, um, 
Warren and myself and Big Ben and Cad. Ben and Cad are the uh, father-son team from Foreground. Um, and Mick was there. Um, so we had a really great time. Commodore Rob. It was a really good time. Uh, it was a dream uh, come true. So. Mick, uh, bugger off, Mick? Yeah, bugger off, yeah. How's he doing? He's, I haven't talked to him in forever. He's doing really good. He, I didn't awesome. know he was coming. He just happened to show. Oh, and Lloyd was there, too. Um, okay. So, you know, we're, it was a nice crew, and we started about what did we start about one and didn't finish till eight ish um, that evening. So it was a good time, um, which leads me to, so possible possibility speaking. Um, I'm probably going to be going to historic on this year. And, um, you know, Jim, it's yeah. in Virginia. You just got my attention. So um, big Ben, uh, we have a lot to details to work out. It's nothing is confirmed. This is total table side chat while we were waiting our turns um he's planning on getting the whole rorks drift set out by then and he's asked if i would be interested in help running the participation games during historicon so i'm like oh and and then you know i might get a nice treat to take home with me <laughs> so we'll have to see but uh i i definitely want to go not only from that standpoint but from the sit rep standpoint because there's going to be a lot of good stuff modern wise that i think we could do a, a good coverage of so now, did you call a big Ben and say, oh, you need to do some modern... Oh, wait, mid- I didn't tell you the Middle rest. Eastern. There's more. Wait, there's there? more. So he goes to me. So I'm going to let you pick one thing that you want us to design. And he goes, I don't care if it makes money or not. I want to start testing design process. So you tell me what you would like us to build. And I said, the Olympic Hotel Mogadishu. <laughs> <laughs> So I, that was the right answer. So I literally, actually, I said, I want you to, I want you to design Mogadishu. And he goes, what? Ooh. I'm like, well, okay, if you ha- if you can't do Mogadishu, how about we start with the Olympic Hotel? And then <laughs> the entire start, city. Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> give me a couple blocks worth, you know, because yeah. I would really like to do that as a participation game at some point uh, of, you know, um, a Black Hawk down where you have your guys come in where you have your Rangers take the corners. They fast rope in, they're holding the perimeter while Delta's landing on the rooftop and going in. And then as you try and make your way out of the city, you, you know, at some point you're rolling dice. And, um, as each turn goes on, the, the chances of a Black Hawk going down increase. Yep. So then, you know, the whole mission changes. So, uh, so yeah, we talked about that. So who knows? We might see it. Awesome. Yeah. So another exciting news. Um, I have in my grubby little hands right here, we now have custom dice bags from Cozy Dice. Oh, did, you, did you get did you get them? Did you? Yeah, I did. Um, they're very the ones I'm holding are black um, mm-hmm. with a camouflage fleece lining. And they're very simple. It just has in military script. Sit Rep Podcast, Modern Military Gaming. No logos or nothing. Very simple. Um, you know, she says if we want to do something later. So these are from Cozy Dice. I got a large dice bag and I got a small dice pouch. And um, they're really nice. I'll put them up on the Facebook page, but they are now available to order. Um, sh- you know, and uh, we'll get them out to you. I don't remember the cost. I got to re- talk to her again. They're not expensive. They're like 10 and 22 bucks or something like that. Um, they're all handmade. She makes them by hand um, and stitches them. So they're really nice. So if anybody out there needs dice bags, we now have dice bags that help support us. 
And on top of that, we now have mugs and T-shirts. Um, and the crew has been you know, showing off in some of their pictures. And some of our producers have ordered T-shirts and mugs as well. Um, did, I guys, did I surprise you guys yesterday when I sent you the picture? Uh, of tools of the trade. So I had my sit rep mug on the counter and my SIG. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, what is wrong with you? Um, I was getting ready to go to work. Um, I work my regular full-time job, and then after that I work my police job, so I have to you know, take all my gear to work and lock stuff up. So got my set rep mug, and I got a nice uh, Army brown tan T-shirt with the set rep logo on it. Um, so at some point, I think we're going to have to update that graphic. Yeah. You know, and something a little snazzier, but I think it looks great as is. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I've been researching... A little bonus for all those who donate and our Patreon as a producer, they will all get sent a mug. Um, so I'm working with a company that can do bulk. So mm -hmm. it, it's you know cost effective. Obviously, we just got to make sure it is something that is cost effective. Um, so it's just another way to thank those that are you know at that level. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think. There's oh yes. So I, if you guys were watching the XLBS. And during our modern segment, there was talk about boot camps. That was. Let me just say, I've been talking to a company over the last couple of days that is, has a book coming out. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be part of the news, isn't it? <laughs> um, now, again, nothing's confirmed. This is yep. really intro talks. Um, but there's interest in doing a boot camp um, in Ireland in the fall if if all the de de details can be worked out and it's agreeable to everybody. Um, you know, um, but I have not left out those here on the other side of the Atlantic. I have plans to do another boot camp in the Chicago area because it's the centrally located of the country. So, you know, even people coming from Canada or whatever, it's pretty much even with another company. Um, cause we want to spread the love and, uh, do a, a modern boot camp. Don't know timing yet. Hopefully when we get to Adepticon, we'll start nailing down details and see if these people are interested. I have a couple companies that are very interested. Um, just got to make sure we can coordinate everything. So exciting times. Um, we just got to make sure we can be arrange all the details and it works for everybody, but, Oh, you should have seen the comments I was getting after the XLBS. People are chomping at the bit <laughs> yes, for a Spectre boot camp. So, oh, they really do. I think I, th I think I, there's already a waiting list, and we haven't even officially announced anything. And yeah. there's already a list of people, you know, ready to go. I'd definitely be interested, but it's also timings and yes. other things as well. And so. my my I may have to go being part of SitRep to cover it. You see? Oh so. yeah, most definitely. So you know we'll we'll yeah, sort we'll it out. So as I, th I think that's I think especially in the UK and probably Europe, the the clamouring for just a boot camp on moderns. I think more than anything, it could have been any any system. I think, I think it's just having getting together with pe like minded people yeah. that want to play in that space. And Spectre just seems to be the natural the one that's leading the way at the moment. Oh, most definitely. So. Um I think it is. And then as far as, like I said, the U.S. side, I want to mm -hmm. talk to a couple of the other companies. You know, one of the miniature companies that has a rule set, um, I heard 
rumor that War Banner, that's Tim's, you know, SASM company, you know, they merged. Um, mm-hmm. They have modern miniatures that he's coming out with the rule set, if I'm not mistaken. I, I thought I heard something in the wind about that. Um, you know, or, you know, obviously our friends over at Skirmish um, with Ultra Modern or Ultra Combat Modern. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to see that as a boot camp. You know, we'll have to talk to them. As far as terrain, um, you know, obviously the guys over at Black Sight Studios or even Kirk over at Miniature Building Authority uh, could mm-hmm. do terrain, you know, for the boot camp. So we'll have to see. But also I was thinking as, as far as the U.S. boot camp, for those um, downtimes, you know, like evening gaming, I was thinking maybe if I can get Jim to come up to Chicago, uh, he could run some Valor and Victory, you know, Vietnam or Lebanon or, you know, something special for, you know, uh, gaming as well. I definitely would be interested in that for sure. Yeah. So I think we could really make it a, an incredible weekend of gaming, um, mm-hmm. you know, and just really get people deep into some of these game systems. Uh, because they do need some highlighting. You know, unfortunately, I yeah. think modern sometimes takes a backseat to World War II. Or Napoleonic. Napoleonic. Or, or that freaking yeah. 40K, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well. So. Is Napoleonic really that big a deal over here in the States? Or I seem like the black powder itch here in the U.S. is mostly Civil War. Um, I, I've you know, been watching... Sorry, gee, uh, I've been watching... There's a YouTube channel called uh i'm trying to remember now i'll bring it up and they cover all sorts it's a wargaming group uh i think it's up in virginia way but i'm trying to find them now let's have a look little wars tv um they are based in it doesn't say where they're based but they've done civil war napoleonics carthage you know they've, they've got a collection of videos of them filming games and stuff like that that's the one i think i sent you the link to jim where they did force on force and they did fluja oh yeah those guys so they gave the marines blackhawks for some reason what yeah 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 Yeah. i can't believe you didn't see that g no i i kind of i i kind of comment but i you know honestly we were traveling at the time so i didn't really give it a second thought but what uh, yeah, said, that they did, but but it was a way they they did like a they did two video they did three videos on that they did a a round table with some veterans who play you know war games talking about that and they covered the same thing we covered you know when we were talking about is it too early oh really they did a round table on that sort of thing with some veterans um they did a review of force on force they did a 20 minute sort of cut down playthrough of Fallujah which is the one they did. And they've got a tutorial up there on creating, like how they, how they created their buildings. Um, but it's all in 20 mil, of course. Yeah. I will um, say that their table looked amazing. They had, yeah. They had a 20 millimeter table. It was like, what? Like 12 feet long, six feet wide, something like yeah, that? Yeah, it looked like it a awesome. 12, 12 by six table. Um, yeah, it's a 12 by six. I've just clicked it up here and I've muted the audio. But yeah, it's a big table that they've got. Um, and of course they did the whole LED explosions which I've been looking at as well um, there's a company but it looks like it's really easy to do and I can't remember the name of the company it, it's Bob's Big Explosion I can't remember I'll find the proper name of it and what they've done is they've got you know the LED lighting with the, the teddy bear fur made to look like smoke and explosions yeah Yeah. he's then put some LED strips 
off it so it looks like it's the you know the plume from the explosion and then the almost like a napalm explosion okay um, done done as like an explosion marker for the tabletop it looks really it looks effective but it'd be it's probably easy enough to replicate with you know just like an LED a really thin LED wire and, and stuff like that but it does look really effective to sit on the tabletop well, so what were you saying Gianna about sorry. Napoleonic I'm sorry say that again what were you about saying earlier about uh, Napoleonics oh um, so Napoleonics is still pretty big in the country um, I you know we started playing that years ago that and American Civil War um, but like they have Cold Wars coming up in April which is put on by the historical gamers um, it's here in Chicago it's they have them all over the country but the Chicago chapter is doing one and they I think they're doing a big Napoleonic battle um, I have Napoleonics but it's in oh. 10 mil is it 10 or 6 mil I don't remember it's in one of those two that way, you know, you can do a whole bunch of minis and not spend your life painting a whole bunch of minis. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, it's still big. It's still big. So, all right. Any uh, last-minute things before we get into our hot and heavy topics for the day? Mm, Ignore no. hot and heavy topics. Okay. Well, let's get into the hot and heavy topics. Then. Oh, all topic. right. So, if you have... Any idea about news related to miniature wargaming, especially how it relates to modern, because, of course, somebody had to tie it into the modern. Did they post it in our... Oh, Jim and Ralph, I want to thank you guys, um, for, and especially you, Jim, for starting up the SITREP forum on the Beast of War OTT. Um, oh, yeah. You know, it's doing pretty well so far. Uh, it's doing really well. Um, and I did talk to Warren, and he is all for us having our own... Uh, section on the page. Um, the only reason I kind of held off on it is I want to make sure that we have consistent content uh, because, you know, as part of having your own heading up there uh, under modern, um, you know, when the daily newsletters go out, there's got to be content or you just get a blank page. So yeah. that 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 is the only stumbling block as to why we don't have it. It literally would have happened while we were in Ireland um, last week. It's just, you know, Taking a deep look at it, we want to make sure content is consistent. So, Absolutely. so yeah, that's. But yeah, really appreciate you guys all the work and input you guys are doing on there. Um, and it's nice to see a lot of conversation in people's projects. And I did have to shout out to. Um, I got a Twitter. Was it a Twitter message? I don't do Twitter very well. I think it was Twitter. <laughs> Uh, somebody had sent us a message on Twitter about, you know, it's nice that you guys sent out all these links uh, for Facebook posts, mm -hmm. um, but they wanted to see pictures of projects and stuff instead of just links because otherwise, you know, why go back and forth between different, um, which I totally get, you know, I, I totally get it. So, right. uh, so we'll definitely try and be a little bit more up and up on that. Yeah, I think it's the integration between posting out from Facebook to Twitter just puts out a, a link to the article. It is, it's a little bit thing. I mean, the other thing we could look at, possibly from a social point of view, is setting up a an Instagram account. Uh -huh. So anybody that posts pictures of their projects, we can just repost re them into Instagram. And then, you know, that way everybody can get to see the pictures and things like that. But 
it's something to discuss on how we can move forward on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I don't do Instagram. I don't do Twitter. So I'm pretty old school in some things. I was going to say we're gradually getting you into the 20th century originally. Uh-huh. From the- <laughs> I, I like technology. I just don't like having to do all of it, you know? So, all right. All right. Let's talk about the, the uh, elephant in the room. So, yeah. Uh, last week, a story broke. I think, what was the paper, Ralph? It's your guys' paper over there UK, in the UK. I don't know what it was in Ireland. It was the Daily Mail okay. in the yeah, UK. Yeah, I think it was the Daily Mail. So the Daily Mail. Now, help me understand. The Daily Mail is like the New York Post. It's, well, I would. It's kind of a sensational newspaper. It's not it's, a true newspaper per se. It's not. It's not what you would call, say, the New York Times or the Washington Post. Okay. It's. I would class it as in the UK a tabloid okay. newspaper. I'm probably wrong. I don't care. People can <laughs> yell at me. You know. Um, and it's also on one side of the political argument that we are having in the UK at the moment over a certain issue. Yeah. In Europe. Um, but yes, so they broke the story. So <sighs> I'll let you continue. So uh, the story is is that there's a company out of China called Caesar Miniatures that makes a set called the Mideast Militia, I think is what the title of it is. Yeah. And essentially it's ISIS. Let's be real. Um, and in this set, there is a prisoner dressed in, and obviously you paint him however you want, but the way it's displayed is he's on his knees in an orange jumpsuit. There's a masked individual standing behind him with a large knife. We all know what that is signifies. Um, so obviously that created some uproar about why, how dare modern miniatures, you know, this is why we don't play modern. It's, you know, this is just happening. It's still happening. And how dare they be insensitive about it? And, you know, uh, there were several people that were very, very upset. Rightfully so. You know, there are people who unfortunately had to live through this, you know, with a loved one or somebody they knew. We've unfortunately seen it in the news and there are videos on YouTube, uh, which I refuse to watch. I've yet to see one and I don't plan on it. I don't need to see it. Um, But here's the big but. We don't play those things. Now, somebody in the comments on, on one of the websites, I think it was Beast of War, commented on it and said, look, if I'm putting together a game in Moderns, if I know somebody's going to be sensitive to this subject, I will bury that miniature far, far away so they don't see it, never get exposed to it. If I have a group of people that I know don't have an issue with it and we use it as a mission objective that my SAS or Delta has to rescue this prisoner before the ultimate bad thing happens, we will use it. It's a user choice. It's just like TV or something else. If I don't want to watch it, I don't turn it on. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I totally get his point. I respect his point. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know if I want to open that can of worms. So... It's a horrible can of worms. It's a nice. I saw. I saw the the com. I saw the um, Warren's video where it was mentioned uh-huh. on it uh, this past week on OTT. And I, I was on the bus. I think I was on the bus, so I 
popped my phone up and did a search and found the article. Um, somebody in Caesar is probably completely news blind, but I think the other thing we've got to take in consideration, Caesar is a Chinese company. Yep. I'm not blaming anything, I think, but I think I'm wondering if the viewpoint is, is this type of thing probably isn't televised over there. So it's not within their, you know, the, the sensitivities around it aren't within their makeup because of the way probably Chinese media portrays things. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody in the office probably, oh, well, we need a prisoner. We need this character. We've seen some pictures. Oh, it'll be fine. And they're prob- probably completely sensitive, sensitivity blind to it. Yeah. Doesn't excuse the fact that they've done it. It doesn't excuse the fact that people will rise up and be extremely angry with it. And I can, I completely understand it. I would never field anything like that. That that character holding that weapon on a on a board, I would field the prisoner because you know, as an objective, yeah, you know, you're going to have it, um, you know, as somebody to rescue. But I would never field that one at all because it is you know people with it it's just gonna you know no it is too close it it's, you know where we're talking about do we game in the modern is it too close something like that is you know very insensitive i think to the people around you where people have that my what basically set my hackles upon this was the article said it was a toy mm-hmm. yeah and that just sent me and then they mentioned a website or where it was able to be purchased. The website, which I've used, sells models. It's a model-making website because the Caesar miniatures, and I think, you know, a couple of, a lot of we've seen Caesar, you know, miniatures, they do modern special forces, they do militia, they do, Delta, they do, you know, anything to do with moderns within the Middle East range, yeah? Yeah. My entire one, collection is Caesar miniatures. Yes. Yeah, literally, literally have hundreds of them. Really? Yeah, I, I've never yeah. heard of them before, so. They're 172, so it's 20 millimeter. Yep. They do 20, basically 20 millimeter moderns in plastics. It's what I, as a kid, used to call mini soldiers because you used to have the one, was it the 135th scale? Or the big soldiers basically and little soldiers. Inch- they're yeah. basically two inches tall, so they're roughly yeah. yeah, roughly one to thirty-five. Yeah, so you had the big soldier, which was the large airfix or figure, and then you had the little figure, which I remember playing with as a kid, and we used to call them little soldiers, and that's the type of it is because you got like thirty, you get thirty in a box. Okay. Uh, the twenty millimeter, you know, they're perfect for if you're going to pick up a use twenty millimeter, so force on force or something like that. It's just when I saw the Daily Mail class them as toys and the headline around it, it was like journalism need to resist the urge to, you know, yell at the yell when I saw it because it's, it's just, it is insensitive. It is completely right, but they didn't report it from a sensitivity point of view. They reposted it as a sensationalist point of view. Yeah. And that's what got me. If I think if they've been reported with sensitivity around it, yeah, it probably wouldn't have got the traction. It would have What's, had some traction, but it wasn't. We, we, we've already classified the, the, the newspaper as a tabloid, right? Yeah. 
So they I mean, went straight, why they would went they straight after the base? You know, they went straight after the. You know, water flows downhill too. I yeah. mean, and one plus one always equals two. It's a tabloid. They're going to go for sense for for a sens- yeah. sensationalist or a mm-hmm. angle. You know, I don't I don't really you know. Uh, I'm not surprised and not really, you know, not really offended by it. It's, it's, it's what they do. I mean, the National Enquirer is always going to, you know, report trash. You know, the New York yeah. Post. You know, now if we had seen this in, you know, a different newspaper, then you know that might be a bit more of a, more of a surprise. Yeah, I'm not, not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I'm, it's not really surprising. Yeah. I've not seen this article anywhere else. By the way, I've not seen it reported anywhere else. No, at all. No, uh, I haven't either. You know, it was the daily. It was the Daily Mail that picked this up. Um, so, you know, and and the other the other thing was well is is you know is is not so much the way well it was possibly the way they are is is the way that the, the this one article has seemed to highlighted a small portion of the hobby, and they've tried to portray it in a negative light. Uh huh. And, you know, we enjoy our hobby. We enjoy, you know, playing in lots of different spaces. You know, we, we yes, we talk about moderns on here, but, you know, we, we play in other spaces, you know, and, and things like that. And it's just drawing the highlight onto that one negative thing is just like, you know, we, uh, want, to, we want to grow. Yeah, yeah, I just... It's yeah. it's it's a, it's one of those subjects, you know. If you want to look at it from a purely um, sterile standpoint, I've seen much worse in video games and some video oh, games, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> but it, it's one of those cycles, you know. I here in the U.S. years ago, and Jim, you'll remember this. There was a certain politician's wife that was all up in arms about video games and how it was going to create the downfall of the, you know, American population and you know it's rotting kids brains which may is i don't know but um you know violence 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 so Mm -hmm. but i don't know i mean what are your thoughts jim what do you what do you think about this i think it's interesting to deconstruct exactly what it is that has people irate um we we talked a second ago and uh i mean i don't please correct me if i'm misquoting anybody but it was like look i don't mind fielding the civilian or the captured prisoner or whatever mm-hmm. as an objective, you know, someone to rescue, but I don't want to field somebody holding that weapon. Okay. We're yeah. talking about a sword or a machete. It's machete. So we, have a, we have a problem with a machete, but not with a flamethrower <laughs> or a minigun. Yeah. That kills, you know, it kills 6,000 people a minute. Yeah, I mean, it, again, it, maybe it's the interrelationship between no one's, you know, everyone's got miniguns on their helicopters. No one's got a minigun pointing at a civilian's head. Yeah. And maybe that's the issue. Is the that's, that's what the issue it's is. It's not the ingredient. It's not the fire. It's not the gas. It's when you bring the match and the gas together. Yeah. And you know that's that 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 becomes it's it's the combination of elements as opposed to just the element. Um, me personally, like I said, I I use Caesar miniatures because they 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 they're in the right scale and they're super cheap. Mm-hmm. I get a box of uh, I get a box of forty miniatures for ten dollars. They cost me about a quarter a piece. Um, they're not the best. The plastic is very, very soft. You can melt the guns very easily. Everything's bendy. It's, it doesn't take primer very well, you know, but you know, 
you know what? I'm not a super, um, you know, miniature guy or super hobbyist guy. It doesn't, doesn't really matter to me. They're super cheap. They're easy to paint. You have to base them yourself. No big deal. Uh, my, my vehicles I buy from someone else, but for infantry, it's, it's super quick. It's super cheap. It doesn't really bother me. Uh, would I ever buy this miniature? Um, no, not for any, uh, moral qualms, but I honestly have no use for it. I mean, would it be an objective? Maybe, you know, that it's certainly not a combat unit. So, you know, why, why would you purchase it? Right. Um, would you purchase it as, okay, because there are plenty of people, there are plenty of miniatures we see on all kinds of sites where they're useless in a gaming environment. Mm-hmm. I'm very utilitarian when it comes to gaming. Before I buy anything, I'm not, I'm, I'm more or less immune to shiny factor, shiny syndrome. I am, when am I going to use this? In what campaign? In what year? In what brigade? In what division? No, 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 no. I'm not going to buy this. There are plenty of miniatures. Not all that said, there are plenty of miniatures out there that I've seen that are like, you know what? You'll never use this on the table, but it's fun to have in your case. It's fun to put in your, as a hobby piece, as a display piece, who the hell is going to display this? I mean, number one, it's Caesar miniatures. So it's not going to be terribly high quality. Number one, number two, it's, uh, um, and I'm a, I'm a long time Caesar customer when I say that, you know, I, I'm loyal to them, but again, they're not, you know, Forge World or anything as far as like, you know, really awesome resin, sure. hard mm-hmm. plastic or whatever, you know. So long story short, no one's going to use this as a display piece. It's not high enough in quality. It's only 1 to 72 in scale, 20 millimeter. And the actual subject matter that it's portraying is absurd. I mean, as far as putting this in your display case and showing it off to your friends and family. You know, if you show this off to your friends and family, they're going to start calling people in long coats to come. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's, it's pointless as a display piece. It's, it's just pointless. You're not going to use it on the table and you're not going to put it in a display case. What's the point except to cause controversy? Is this perhaps a deliberate stunt to try and get some kind of, I know, media, you know, any press is good press, bad press yeah. is good press. I don't know. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't use it. That was my, after I sort of read the article and looked at it and then looked at the miniature from a, you know, from a clinical point of view, it was like, you know, we're talking about it, other people are talking about it, you know, is this going to give them what they wanted, which technically was, you know, controversy gives them, gives money technically, isn't it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, yeah, it's free advertising and, and things like that. And, so are people now going to go and buy this set just for that type of thing? You know, and it's 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 that as you said, you know, it's that kind of worms. You know, is when we open it, what else is is what are the reasonings behind it, and are we just is it was scratching? the surface of an underlying issue with, you know, what we feel as, as people, when we look at it, you know, what I meant by, I wouldn't feel, I would feel the, say the hostages, but not the guy, the guy there. It's not so much the guy. It's not so much, you know, the, the fact that I, you know, just want to feel the hostages. It's the representation of that miniature. Mm -hmm. I think, it's what my my gut feeling is, you know. It's something that I wouldn't want to have sitting on in in a force if I'm playing an op force to have there because of the representation, especially you know because it is quite recent in the news, especially in the UK. You know, we uh, within the last three years we have had uh, aid workers in the UK who have you know people their families have gone through this. Um, 
So, you know, that's my gut feeling, you know, and that's where I'm sort of coming from, you know, but. Well, it's almost like it's almost like a like a profit and loss or a pro and con balance sheet. Yeah, like, you know, people are always talking about is it too soon? And you can go as far back as you know. It doesn't matter how far back you go. You can go mm-hmm. back to ancient Rome. A war game is still about killing people. Let's not yeah. let's let's reality check time. Okay, mm-hmm. you're fantasizing about killing people. Sorry, there it is. Um, it's. What are you getting in return? Well, I'm recreating this battle. I'm recreating some history. I'm exploring these tactics. You know, there's all these other plus and minuses mm-hmm. that you get to. Okay, you know what? There's a point to it. There's a, a, a tone. It's a, it's a question of tone. And yeah. tone, I feel, is almost like a symptom or a byproduct of intent. What are you intending to do? And if that intent is elevated enough, either in entertainment or education or uh recreation or you know whatever flavor you want to use for it if that intent is elevated enough it can you know that pro can justify a lot of con mm-hmm. uh, as far as what people find offensive or acceptable or whatever here my issue almost isn't the level of con it's the complete lack of pro yeah you know I mean, what is the what sorry what is the goddamn point Mm-hmm. You know, you're never going to use this on the table. You're never going to put it in a display case. Therefore, any amount of uh, of offensive uh, factor is almost completely unwarranted. Um, I, I, again, what's the point? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can drive around. I, I can paint a you know 20 millimeter you know tiger tank. Okay, tiger tanks were usually in the Waffen SS. So just yeah. putting a tiger on the table is going to be offensive to a lot of people. Most mm-hmm. tigers were in the Waffen SS. The second you put it on there, especially if you put it in historical markings, you got big death heads all over it. You know, what's the point? Well, it was in this battle, and it was you know this that and the other thing. There's all these historical angles. Okay, it kind of you know ex- not excuses it, but it justifies it. Here, I don't see any justification. I don't see what, you know, I, I would certainly have no problem building an ISIS technical. I would definitely want to do modern war, the, the, the modern war um, magazine series uh, from strategy mm-hmm. and tactics has had several issues on ISIS. I would love to do some work on ISIS in, you know, who knows what, you know, I, I, I will do ISIS until the, until the, the cows come home. I, I have no problem with doing ISIS, but I would never put this in any kind of a, in any kind of content that yeah. I do. Not really a point of whether or not it's offensive, but it's there's there's no there's no point. And if there's no yeah, point, then then it's tough to justify any amount of uh, of uh, offensive uh, you know content in there. It's just it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's worth it. No, it doesn't. Nope. So y'all, you listening out there? Let us know what you think. All right, enough of this seriousness. Let's talk awesome. Let's yeah, let's talk awesome indeed. So, um, surprise, surprise, this week I woke up one morning and there was an announcement posted on the Spectre Miniatures uh, Facebook page. Mm. What was that, Ralph? Oh, uh, something about second edition pre-orders. It was like, jeez. Um, I think I posted to us. <laughs> I went, it's, it's, yeah, it was like, because they've been teasing it. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, we we're going to all say that they've been teasing that it's coming soon. It's coming soon. They just want to get there, uh, you know, to quote the British, their ducks in a row. And then all of a sudden they went, here it is. Oh, by the way, if you pre-order, you get this awesome looking miniature, which really does look amazing. Stephen's done an amazing job on the sculpt and then on the paint job as well. If you look at the, the miniature. Yeah. Um, 
But then they put in as well um, some scre- some shots of the pages mm-hmm. from the rules. Um, the interesting one there is they've got which I think was missing from the first edition. I can't remember. I'll have to dig mine out. But cr- creating your own scenario section. Nice. Uh, that's I don't remember that page. being in the first edition. No, um, they've got the purse. They've got like the breakdown of forces. So the picture you've got on here, because I've got the picture up, is under the looks like chapter five um, combat rules. Is you've got a breakdown of a one six man ranger squad. Uh-huh. So it's like a sergeant. So it's it a fire team. Weapons. Yep. Yep. So it tells you what weapons. So if you if you go to the Spectre website and you can see shot, and then it's got a militia force underneath, which is used as cart like a cartel miniatures. So it's like shot caller, gang member, things like that. So it looks like there might be the models might have a specific model type per nice. se. Mm-hmm. Um, combat phases. So they've got some nice diagrams which were miss, sort of missing from the first edition. So they've laid it out, you know, with some diagrams and graphics showing you um, the combat phases and things like that. Perfect. And of course, the thing that everybody wanted was the well, the table of contents, but they're also going to have an index, I think was missing from the first edition. Uh-huh. So we've got an index in it as well. Perfect. I'm uh, really looking forward to it. And under the combat, under the section eight, which is equipment, they've got like your standard combat equipment, surveillance, comms, dogs, medical, mines, IEDs, and booby traps, equipment profiles, and the bottom one, battlefield drones. Nice. There you go. So the the drones that you that you sent, um, this is all geared around, of course, personal combat and the stuff with vehicles. So it'll be things like technicals right the way up, probably two uh, infantry fighting vehicles. Um, but they've also got campaign framework is the last section. Mm-hmm. Um, the preparing the scenario section ten is twenty pages. It's 154 pages of the new rulebook, so. Nice. And mid-March, so I'm assuming 152 pages. When's Adepticon? End of March. Last weekend of March. Last weekend of March. So this is roughly around the time of Adepticon and then Salute. Yeah. So I I reached out to the guys and I said, so I pre-ordered mine. Can I get it at Adepticon? So we'll see. They haven't answered me yet. (laughs) Yeah, as soon as I saw the post, I went, clip, ordered. So, yeah, yeah, there was no hesitation on that one. No, but the mini, I just the mini. Yeah, so. it just looks looks a really good skull. Did you did you see it, Jim? Uh, no, no. What what what's special mini? Yeah, I'll send you a link now. Um, if you cycle through the pages, because that's the or the page for it. Yeah, uh-huh. and you uh-huh. should see it. It's on the front cover anyway, but then you just cycle through. If you use the, the point, I'd go to the second edition limited mini miniature. It's called. I don't want to. I don't want to lose the meaning again. I already lost the meaning once, so I will check on it after the show. Mm-hmm. Actually, what I'll do is, um, if you give us a couple of seconds, what I'll do there uh-huh. for you, Jim, is I will send you the picture directly. So, yeah, it's it's looking really good. Um, I can't wait to see how the book is actually laid out other than the teaser pages they've shown. Um, like I said, I'm hoping that maybe by Adepticon I can get my grubby little hands on it. Um, 
I know they're sharing a booth space with Black Sight Studios. So yeah. Um, my plan is to still get everybody in a room to do a live roundtable podcast with, um, you know, all the guys that are there for Moderns, uh, Spectre, Black Sight, uh, Alex from Full Battle Rattle is supposed to be there. I know he's running some games. So I'm thinking, I'm hoping to do it like Sunday morning before um, mm-hmm. the stands open, hopefully, or we'll, we'll figure out sometime. But I think it would be perfect since everybody's going to be in one space that we could do a live podcast with all these people and, you know, shoot back and forth ideas and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, do it before the day gets started because obviously once the day gets going, nobody's going to have time. Right. And after the day is over, everyone's going to be exhausted. And, so. and it'll be Sunday, so everybody's breaking down and going anyway. So mm-hmm. um, it'll either be Saturday morning or Sunday morning. We'll have to just see what works out. I'm hoping to do it uh, live via Twitch and everything so people can actually interact and ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that would be amazing. So we'll, we'll definitely have to try that. But I'm really looking forward to uh, the second edition. Just a lot of good stuff going on. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, the other thing as well, which is interesting in the description, they're talking optimized for two players plus, which we knew, yeah? Mm-hmm. With forty to four, from four to forty miniatures each side. Wow, but much bigger forces. Yeah, it looks like um, they're, they're expanding the rules out, so it'll handle squad platoon um, engagements. Uh-huh. I mean, you could always do that with Spectre anyway. Yeah. Um, the versatility of the game system, as well as I know, I've looked at it was using Spectre for World War Two. Mm-hmm. I know we're not we're talking modern, but still, you know, basically having that core, say, four or six man commando unit behind enemy lines, you yeah. know, doing doing like the old commandos video game, but using the Spectre rules. So, you know, the, the rules are very versatile in in sort of picking a period. You could technically do with Spectre um, Navy SEALs on the Mekong Delta during Vietnam. Yeah, cool. so, so that type of, you know, setting. And it, it's a nice sell. And yes, it's it's spec operations. It's modern, so you're talking, you know, you know, latest weapons, you know, subsonic ammunition, optics, lasers, and things like that. But you can still downgrade it slightly to go into those different settings, and it's just a nice versatile, yeah, uh, set uh, set of rules. Awesome. Uh, like I said, can't wait. And once we get our hands on it, we'll definitely do an in depth discussion on uh that rule set as well um look for interviews yeah, and stuff um, from adepticon breach and clear episode yeah definitely, definitely. Breach and clear. um you know and i think it's going to warrant a um hobby stream where we actually build uh, a game table on this one so mm-hmm. um we'll see so well if you get if you get your hotel from right <laughs> there you go <laughs> yeah yeah, it'd be awesome. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, anything last uh, you'd like to add, uh, Ralph uh, or Jim? I've got a uh, Kickstarter that I'll put a shout out for. Okay. Which is into its last four. It's into its last four days. Is in its one definitely. Jim would like it's storming the gap. Oh, is World that the War, full the gap one? Uh, storming the gap. The World at War eighty five. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. So they've they're they're just short, I think, of unlocking everything. Wow. They got um I'll go off the UK prices. Their stretch goal was thirteen thousand. 
give or take. Uh-huh. And they got £61,000. Wow. For their for theirs. And I think they've unlocked every single stretch goal. No, they've got two, three, three stretch goals left to go. Um, and that would be everything. Unlocking um, everything. Um, but you're talking... God, how many counters? Is it Lots a hex of- encounter or is it a block game? It's hex. Uh, yeah, it's hex encounters. Okay. Or, or hex-ish. Yeah. Um, there's not an actual grid that you can see on the table so far as I can tell. I've only looked at it briefly. Mm-hmm. But um, you can tell where the, the map is built in hex-shaped kind of uh, polygons, for lack of a better term. Okay. Um, yeah, me- mechanically, it probably... Pl- I mean, I, I actually, obviously, I haven't played it, but it, I, I, I ca- mechanically, it seems to play a lot like a, like a Hex Encounter game. Mm-hmm. My only uh, question is, on uh, what scale is that? Is that tactical? Is that operational? Is that, um, it looks what, like it's... What size is the, What size are the units? Well, one square is equal to... One Hex is 150 meters. That's Command Tactical. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just so looking like, at... Uh, a Panzer leader, Arab Israeli wars, uh, GW yeah. assault kind of thing. Yeah, I've got the the page open, and they're talking about say the top the top section of it. So it's um, armored vehicle, infantry platoons, and sections, gun batteries, yep. air support. Uh, that, that, is, that is totally game designers workshop GDW assault. Yeah, reborn. Now I'm really interested because <laughs> that's that that's literally. I mean, how far back have we gone but to talk about the four levels of wargaming? Level yeah. two is definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no disrespect to WYSIWYG miniatures gaming, but I'm all about command tactical. And this is yeah. this is exactly that, that that level. Turn time between five and 15 minutes. Game time between 30 minutes and two and a half hours. Map scales 150 meters uh, per hex. Complexity, it's a five out of 10. So it's a medium complexity. But the interesting thing is, you can play it solo. It, it can be played as a solo game. All right. Well, there you go. As well. Awesome. So, so w- will this be enough to entice Jim into Kickstarter? Hmm. <laughs> I've been on Kickstarter before. I just haven't I haven't backed a successful Kickstarter yet. The only <laughs> Kickstarter I ever I ever backed actually Sadly, very sadly, uh, did not actually succeed. That was um, Great War Heroes of Limanova, which we did an article series back on, on Tabletop a while ago. Mm. Uh, World War One on the Eastern Front, a criminally under uh, underappreciated uh, front of the war. Um, but uh, yeah, who knows? This might have to. Uh, this might have to get a second look. This one, this one, Jim, for the base pledge. So basically, all the stretch goals. Yeah, is seventy dollars. Nope. And comes out in July of this year nice. is their target release. Awesome. So yeah, I thought I'd give it a shout out because I've looked at it and I've looked and it's like Ooh, looks in, you know interesting and, and it's World War Three, Warsaw Pact, Team Yankee sort of ish eighty five period. So perfect. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap up our show for today. Uh, We want to thank everybody for tuning in on whichever media you find us on. Uh, Again, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on OTT, Beast of Four. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. What is it, iTunes or iMusic? I don't know what they call themselves these days. Say it's uh, iTunes, but it's Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can find us on Twitch. Uh, Remember, we do have a scheduled... 
uh, program that will be going out to Twitch. Um, I'm actually working on uh, setting it up through Restream so it goes out to everybody. So if you're not a Twitch viewer, you can find it on YouTube, Facebook, whatever. So when we do a live stream, it should go out to all media platforms. Um, so exciting things. We will get this all nailed down, I promise, at some point, and we will have regular clockwork precision. Um, and remember, look for our Arma 3 server um, and look for other programs coming out in the near future. And remember, buy merch. It helps support us. You can find our T-shirts and mugs uh, and poster um, created by Ralph. It's just the uh, header for our page. You can buy it as a poster. Uh, that's through Zazzle.com. Uh, through SITREP, and it came pretty quick. I ordered it, and I got mine uh, just a few days later. It wasn't a I got my sh I got my shirt within four days. So there you go. Yeah. And if you want, uh, order the dice bags. I will put up the link and everything in uh, the Facebook page when I get an opportunity um, so you can get those and be one of the cool kids on the block when you roll out your devices of war. Um, and most importantly, we want to thank our patron supporters yep. and we want to acknowledge our producers, Dennis, Dylan, James, and Michael. So again, we appreciate everything you guys do to help support the sit rep podcast and help us continue to provide quality entertainment related to modern wargaming. And until the next time, for Ralph and Jim, this is G, and we're going to RTB, and we will see you next time.